Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today we have Courtney Lehman with us and she is the National FFA Secretary this year. And we're so excited to talk with her about all things National FFA Convention. Courtney, why don't you start out by introducing yourself and and letting us us and our listeners know a little bit more about you. Yeah, thanks first of all, y'all for having me. I'm super excited to get to be on here. Um, My ag teacher is one of the most important people in my life. I was just texting her today. So definitely excited to get to speak with some ag teachers. Uh, Y'all are such an important role in our organization. As mentioned, I'm serving this year as a national secretary. I'm originally from Oregon. Um, I'm a student at Oregon State who's studying agricultural business management with a minor in leadership. Um, I'm one of those people that was born and raised in agriculture. So FFA was a natural fit for me. I grew up on a dairy farm and since then our family now left the dairy industry but farms in Oregon. Um, My main job is the hang crew all summer long. Usually it's fun until it's not a good day at work and my boss is my dad so we still have dinner together that night. But it never fails to be entertaining and I just love that ability to work in agriculture, especially with the people who are most important in my life. I love that. Why don't you give a shout out to your egg teacher? Yes, Viviana Gifts. If you're listening, girl, she is my best friend. Um, She's amazing. She was the first person who ever made me feel like I could be somebody one day. And so she's, she's so awesome. We text probably every day. We're not the normal student teacher, but she's awesome. And I'm so grateful to have had her in my life. Yeah, and we've, um, I've met her through Case, so I'm really lucky to get to know her as well. So uh, let's talk about your national officer experience. I guess what, I mean, you're, you're almost done. If you're going to look back, what are, what are the highlights? What are the things that really jump out at you for this year of being a national officer? This year has been absolutely crazy, as y'all know better than most people. Um, It's been a whirlwind when my name got called last October. I never, ever would have guessed what this year would end up being like, but there has been some really cool things that we've got to be a part of. Um, We got to go to Japan back in January. We made it just in time, and that was such an incredible experience. I think sometimes we forget about how connected the agriculture family is even across seas and so it was just a unique experience to see that the values of agriculture hold true no matter where you are we're hardworking people who care a lot about the world and so I really enjoyed that um definitely FFA week was amazing for me I got to go to South Dakota and then Hawaii within a week span very different cultures um but it was so cool to hear the students experiences and understand that even though FFA looks a lot different for them in those different places They care so much about taking care of their communities and being leaders and really stepping up. And so that was amazing to see how different their lifestyles are, but how down to the core they care about the same things. And that's one of the things I love most about FFA members is it doesn't matter where you are in our country. If they're wearing a blue jacket, you know that they really care about their community and they care about making sure that they're adding to the world and trying to make uh, things better for other people. So obviously when COVID hit, um, changes had to be made and traveling wasn't really possible anymore, especially in the beginning. 
so how did you and the other national officers really adapt to still being a national officer during the COVID pandemic? It was a wild day when we got the call. Um, I was in Georgia, actually, I remember exactly where I was and everyone had been talking about COVID, but of course at that time, no one understood how serious it was. And so we didn't think much of it. And they said, they were gonna send us home. And that same day I found out that my home state convention, Oregon was gonna be going virtual. And at that point, they were the first state convention to have to go virtual. So I was feeling pretty sorry for myself and for our members at that time, uh, but we went home and we all thought we'd be home for a couple weeks. So we started our video campaign. We each did an episode every day of the week. Um, mine was Fridays. I had friends Friday where I learned new things and had FFA members try it with me. And so we were all very optimistic that we were just gonna get through these couple weeks. And then as weeks went on, we realized that this wasn't gonna be such a short-term thing. And pretty soon I was on episode 10 of Friends Friday and I realized that this was a, this was a serious issue. And so it, it took a lot. Um, our team has been through some highs and lows. I've eaten more donuts this year watching Friends and crying than I ever thought I would and probably more than it's healthy. But I think what our team ultimately had to do is have that perspective change for so long. I think it's easy for national officers to get caught up in these cool places that we get to go, um, Hawaii or Michigan or Florida. And it's so easy to be like, wow, I'm here. This is so cool. But what the pandemic did is it made us focus on the people that we were with. And so I no longer was in New York, just amazed by the experience, but I was still talking to New York FFA members. And I was able to let that be my priority and let that be my focus. Um, and then also having that optimistic, optimistic mindset and realizing that this wasn't the year we expected, but we were able to reach more students this year than we ever could have traveling because it just meant I could hop on a Zoom call in Georgia one morning and then hop on another one in Idaho that afternoon. And that would never have been possible if I was actually traveling. And so it was definitely a tough adjustment. And I'd be lying if it wasn't, if I said it wasn't a ro emotional roller coaster. But I think what it really took was trying to prioritize what's most important, and that's our members, and keeping them at the forefront is what helped us get through it for sure. Brienne and I was were just talking about this, about how, you know, back in March and and May, we're like, okay, well, you know, some things in the summer had got canceled for egg teachers, and then we, I guess, if somebody would have bet me, like will this affect national convention? I would have put money down that like, no, it won't exist then. And so maybe we're a little naive, adults, students included, um, but I think everybody was hopeful that it would just affect us for a small moment of time. Um, my kids loved the virtual things that the national officers did and you guys did uh, because it did keep them thinking and hopeful of, you know, the times that they used to have. So I was impressed. Um, we got to participate in a few of them and I think it's just a good reminder of you know what we're what we're here for um and I think we all ate a lot of donuts and cried in front of our favorite tv show so uh no judgment here um so unfortunately a national convention is virtual but that opens some doors that uh, we've we've never had uh, before. So briefly explain uh, virtual national convention and from your perspective, what can, I guess, members and advisors expect this year? 
Honestly, when our team found out that National Convention was going virtual, it was the last thing that we had left that we were hoping to be with students for. And so we were just super bummed with that news. Um, but we also knew once that decision was made, we could really pour ourselves into making this an incredible experience. Um, someone said to me the other day that they were looking it up and in the um, world records, the most attended virtual event happened a while ago and they think that we will actually beat that as well. So that's kind of cool to think that, you know, FFA is gonna hold this world record for attendance at a virtual convention. Hopefully we never have to do it again, but it wouldn't be FFA if we don't break the record while we're here. Um, but I think when it comes to what we should expect for this virtual convention, there, it just blows my mind, the things that they keep coming up with. I feel like every time someone shows me a new part of convention, I'm just blown away that we're even capable of doing that and so excited for students. Um, our team really pushed about providing students the opportunity to still get to know each other because that's one of the best parts, right, for students is you get to build relationships with people from all across the nation. And so we are really excited for some of the opportunities that our staff has come up with for students to be able to pop into a classroom with students in Puerto Rico or uh, pop into somebody in Maine and just get to know students and still establish those relationships. Um, there's also some really cool things that our partnerships with other organizations have been able to develop. The Blue Room um, is like one of the coolest things. I'm not going to ruin any surprises, but it is amazing. And I don't know how they did it because I am not tech savvy, but it is so cool. It literally feels like a video game that you're entering and they're giving away some crazy prizes, um, which is amazing. But I think what it comes from what it comes down to is what students should expect from National FFA Convention this year is everything that they normally see in a much different platform. We're still gonna have the store, we're still gonna have the blue room, we're still gonna provide opportunities to meet students from everywhere. It's just gonna look different. And there's probably only gonna be one year ever in the history of National FFA that students get to experience it. And so I'm just blown away by the things that they keep doing. And I'm not tech savvy, I barely know how to run my iPhone, but holy cow, some of the things that are happening is just beyond me and so cool for our students to get to see that. Yeah, and when Nikki and I were talking about, about virtual national, national FFA convention and we were looking through the implementation guide, we really both kind of said like national FFA thought of everything and thought of all of those ways to incorporate everything that we love about national FFA convention. Um, so with everything that's going to be happening at National FFA Convention, what is something that you're the most excited for out of everything? It's so hard to pick. Um, I honestly don't even know everything that's happening because they just keep coming up with more ideas. It's like this new thing that people are like, oh, well, we live in this crazy world, so why not do crazy things? So we have a crazy idea. Next thing I know, someone brings it to life and it just blows my mind. But I think what I'm most excited for is just kind of the basic availability of convention to our students this year. Um, so I know for a lot of FFA students, financial boundaries do exist and we work so hard as an organization to take those away. But like for students like me, we live in Oregon. So flying to national convention is expensive because we can't just drive down for the day. And that's obviously for a lot of states, it's that way. We have to fly in, we have to get all the hotel costs and it just gets really expensive. And so um, it's hard to afford. And I know for a lot of students that can be really intimidating. And there's so many people that never get to experience national convention. When we think about it, we have over 760,000 members, right? And usually we max out at around 70,000 at national convention. So that's only 10% of our organization that actually gets to see what convention is like. 
So what's cool this year is any student anywhere can have the exact same convention experience. I know our sessions are always available for students to look at online, but they still know that somebody else is there at convention doing the cool things. But this year it's the same for everyone and it will never be like that again for our students. And so I think that's so exciting because I was that student that didn't always have the financial means to get where I needed to go for FFA. And if it wasn't for scholarships and fundraisers, I never would have gone to those events. I actually got my first jacket because of Give the Gift of Blue. And so by having the ability to bring convention to students instead of expecting students to come to convention, I think it completely changes what we're able to do and changes the experiences that students have. Um, we've tried really hard to make this financially possible for every chapter so that every student can attend because every student deserves to see what national convention is. And we wanna make sure that we bring that to them. So for us, convention doesn't start for a while, but um, let's go off script for a little bit give people perspective of what like the prep going up to convention is and um we did get to talk to christy from national ffa uh last week and so she did tell us that you get to record an rfd tv so maybe like tell our listeners kind of that you're in convention mode now and you have been and how that's going to look um while we move forward absolutely um well when the decision was made back in june i think is when it is the official decision was made. It has been convention planning since then because everything this year has to be redone. You know, normally we have convention a base foundation to work on and then we can grow from there. But this year it's, we're starting from ground zero. And so it has been wild. Um, our team has been at this for at least a month already, preparing content, being involved and in things that we don't normally get to do. So this year you'll actually be able to attend a national officer workshop at national convention. And that never happened before because officers were full-time rehearsals for stage. Um, so we have been writing and recording workshops. We have been developing content for everything beyond what we do on stage. Um, but then last week we just got to Texas. So we are now at Fort Worth filming out of RFD TV studios. So our goal is to have as much live during sessions as possible because you know we want our students to experience it with us. Um, but there's some pieces we have to pre-record because we're honoring, honor, honoring, sorry, that was really hard for some reason. We are honoring people who aren't able to be here because of COVID. And so we have some of those pre-recording things, but man, it has been so crazy trying to get, we're taking national convention to national television. And so trying to make that switch, everything is so different, um, but so cool for us. And so it's been really exciting to get to see that switch. Um, and like the world is our limit right now. Um, we Some of the things that our team has wanted to do have not been done before, but they're like, well, you know what? We're pre-recording anyway, so go for it. Give it a shot, why not? <laughs> and so that's been pretty amazing as well. Um, we've been definitely engaging with some of our supporters here at Fort Worth. Um, so that's been really cool to get to work with those people who are making this possible. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm literally sitting in the green room right now because we live here at the studio basically, but it's constant preparation, constant filming, um, just trying to get ready. Cause we, we decided if we're gonna make this a virtual convention, then we're gonna make it the best virtual convention we can. So we're not skipping any corners right now. I think for me, it's just, there's so much negativity right now on social media and the news, just even in our own schools, like I know, 
every day Brianna and I are like, are we going to get to go to school tomorrow? Like, we don't know. And we're thankful right now we're face to face, but I think in a time where it would have been easy to just throw our hands in the air and say, we'll do, we'll do what we need to do. And that's it. Um, I think it shows a lot to our members about how, you know, here's our, here's our barriers and let's, let's break them down. Cause we have the opportunity to do it. Uh, and I think that's empowering um, to me. Um, and a good reminder to those teachers that are listening, like if you're virtual or hybrid or whatever your school looks like, sky's the limit, get creative. Hopefully we only had to teach in a pandemic once, but let's, let's make the most of it. So as we start talking about student engagement, uh, what, I guess, what can teachers do to increase this engagement? You talked about how normally only 10% of our students even see convention. So if we really want to blow this out of the water and have world record attendance, what can teachers do and utilize to engage their students while they're in the classroom, whether that's face-to-face -face like Brianna and I currently, uh, hybrid or at, at a distance? Um. I mean, first of all, I commend, I commend all the teachers for what you're doing through the pandemic. I come from a family of educators, so my sister's a kindergarten teacher, and so I've seen teaching virtual platform, and I don't know how y'all do it. It's crazy. Um, so first of all, major props for that. But I think when it comes to national convention, I am so proud of our staff because our teachers have been at the forefront of our mind as well as we've developed this content. And so one of the things that we did is there's over, I think it's 52 hours of content that teachers can take after conventions to apply to their classroom. Uh, you can also use it during convention as well, but that's workshops, that's things in the blue room, um, that's some of the extra lesson plans that they're developing on there. And so I think that's one thing for teachers to be excited about is we know how hard it is to create that virtual content. And so we're trying to help bridge that gap for y'all as well by saying, here is weeks of content for you to use in your classrooms beyond convention um, because we know how hard that's been for y'all as well but i think also just for teachers to know i understand more than ever of how hard it is to create fresh content for students um, during quarantine we were at home trying to figure out how to for the first time ever facilitate our workshops virtually um, with no training like y'all are having um, we got trained to do it in person and then we got sent home unable to use any of our training and so for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. How do you do a workshop? How like they're sitting in their room, they're probably watching Netflix, like they're not going to listen to us. And so um, we just really understand how hard that is. So we wanted to prepare that type of content for students. But we also know that we don't want it to be boring. Um, I'm a very energetic person, if y'all haven't gathered that yet. And so we've definitely pushed staff to do new things to engage students in ways that they haven't before. I led a focus group with students where we pulled students of all ages in and said, what have you seen? What do you like? What do you want more of? What haven't you seen that you want to see? And so we really had student and teacher perspectives trying to gather this content. And so I'm excited. Um, it's a lot of really cool things that we've pulled on some awesome people, some awesome facilitators that we don't normally work with to just prepare content that can be used directly in the classroom. So y'all just literally have to pull it up and here's a workshop for the day brought to you by a national officer or these professional facilitators, um, which is really exciting and cool for students as well. I'm excited to be able to use all of it in my own classroom. And like you mentioned already, you know, only about 10% of members usually see national convention and that's the same in our chapters too. 
we're obviously not bringing all of our members with us when we go to national convention. So I'm excited for, for my younger members to be able to see like what national FFA convention is all about, what FFA has to offer them, and hopefully spark some interest for them to continue on in the future. Uh, but I have heard from some other uh, fellow ag teachers, you know, just mentioning that if all of the sessions are live streamed, you know, why should I sign up for for the convention um, registration. So what advice would you have for someone who's maybe on the fence and trying to decide if they wanna sign up for the whole thing or if they just wanna watch the, the free streamed uh, sessions? That's a good question. Um, I think I understand ag teachers, you know, it's hard to imagine that a virtual experience like this could really bring that much to the classroom that you can't do on your own um, because, like I mentioned earlier, I don't understand technology, so I don't know how they make half the things that they're making. And so I think that's one thing that I would encourage I teachers to think of is whatever we can imagine, like this is what it's going to be like, it goes beyond that um, because we've really brought in professionals to help make this the best that it can be. But I'd also say one of the biggest reasons I encourage ag teachers to spend the money to buy the rest of the passes is because for some of their students, this will be the only time they can experience national convention. Um, and I think some of the tier, the way we've set up the tier pricing, um, it aims to be between one to $3 a kid to participate. And they'll never ever get that chance again to have that experience. And when I was in high school, um, when I couldn't pay for my FFA jacket, it was so embarrassing. Um, and I felt like I wasn't gonna be one of these cool FFA kids if I just always wore a chapter jacket and couldn't afford my own. And so, for that kid who can never afford to go to things like this, give them that chance to finally have the same experience as every other student in the country, because we'll never be able to put them on that platform again of every student being in the same place. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollars. It doesn't matter if you have three dollars. All of our students get to have the same experience, which is so cool. And they all deserve that. And I wish that's how we could make convention every year from now on. Um, but give students the chance because they deserve to come. Um, they deserve to have that experience to meet students from across the country. They deserve to have that experience to see that workshop that could change their life. I've learned anything this year. It's that the smallest things can have the largest impact on a student's life. And we never know what's gonna be said in one workshop or what's gonna be said in one meet and greet room, greet, meet and greet room that they attend that could completely change their life and send them on a new path. And, I would encourage our teachers where we've tried to make it so financially possible to give their students that opportunity as much as they can. Um, why limit them to one speech that they're gonna see per session when they could have speeches, workshops, in relationships built with people from all over and just the career opportunities as well that are coming up in the Blue Room. We have set up for college opportunities. Um, students can have direct meetings with college counselors um, at colleges of their choices for free. Students can meet with um, potential employees and ask, what are they looking for? What do you want? And so in terms of student growth, as far as personal career and professional life, you're never gonna get this chance again for every student to have that. And so I encourage our teachers to not limit their students to just what we provide in sessions because sessions are gonna be cool. I'm a little biased because that's my role in convention, but I promise that some of the coolest parts aren't gonna be in those live sessions. and. Every student deserves to see that this year. They're never gonna get that chance again. I love that you got feedback from kids because I don't know about you, Brianna, I can't keep up 
with any of the lingo or the styles or any I always call myself hip and they then the kids remind me that if I call myself hip it automatically makes me not hip so <laughs> um but I mean if you're going to create content that's never existed um who better to ask than your audience um and I think that's fabulous and and I do think that you know we've had the traditional convention now we have this you know, new convention. And in the future, it won't surprise me if National FFA looks at the parts that they like of both. And we don't see um, new things moving forward that we would have never had if a pandemic wouldn't have happened. Um, so I think that's pretty, pretty fabulous. Um, and just know you're going to go online and you're going to see all these chapters posting all the cool stuff they're doing. You're going to miss out. So sign up. Because even if you don't do convention during the last week in October, you can always do it later and utilize some of those ideas that your colleagues have. Um, get in contact with chapters in your area. And even if you have a watch party online together, get those kids connected. Um, you know, Courtney's mentioned it multiple times, sky's the limit. Um, and show your kids that, if anything, empower your students. I'm sure they have some really cool ideas of how to make virtual convention the best it can be. Um, you mentioned path, and before we wrap up here, where where does your path take you after you retire as a national officer? Yeah, that is a fair question. Uh, <laughs> one I keep asking myself too, this year has um, I've learned a lot from this year and for quite a while I like everyone else hated 2020 and I was like let's move on let's get out of here thank you next I'm over it but um, this year's taught us a lot and I think that's we should take those lessons um, I've learned that I thrive on an optimistic mindset and when I didn't have that this year I really struggled and so I think that this year's helped me see that if you want something go after it um, don't let your own expectations um, stop you from going after what you really are excited for and what you really think you'd fit in because life's too short and you never know how long those opportunities are going to be there. So I'm going to go back and finish school at Oregon State University. I have about a year and a half left. And then my plan from there is to attend law school and pursue ag law. That's crazy. Well, ag ed is always an option. <laughs> yes. If anyone stopped me, the ag teachers make a difference. It's my very own. So she definitely... You would make me want to be an ag teacher just because if I could have the change on one student's life that she had on mine, like I'd be set. I know I did something good and I'll do that every day. So, well, really I hope she puts this episode on repeat because <laughs> I know every week is tough and that will get her through, through the week. So um, for those of you listening, if you want to follow Courtney on Instagram, um, you can follow her at NFFA underscore secretary. You'll get all the behind the scenes tea of what's going on for a virtual convention. And that can do attitude is definitely one that will rub off on you um, and finish off 2020 strong. Um, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And Courtney, we thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me.